Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Houston, PA, Houston's public affairs show, an iHeartMedia broadcast. Our disclaimer says that the opinions expressed on the show do not necessarily reflect those held by this radio station, its management staff, or any of its advertisers. My name is Laurent. I am the Texan from France and a proud Houstonian, even these days, of <laughs> high crime and misdemeanor. Uh, I, I am proud because uh, this show helps me keep track of the goodness of Houston, which is overwhelmingly the majority of what this town represents and on my show today is a representative from the Lupus Foundation. Actually, let me not call her representative since Anne-Marie Blacketer is the CEO of the Lupus Foundation of America, Texas Gulf Coast chapter. Uh, she's an expert in this subject. She's been a fundraiser her entire career. And uh, we're going to talk about this cruel disease called lupus, which you may not have never heard of. Anne-Marie, on your website, and people can go as they follow along the conversation, lupus.org front slash Texas Gulf Coast. lupus.org front slash Texas Gulf Coast. You know, if you go to lupus.org, you'll get to the Texas chapter if you forget the front slash. It'll be easy for you to do that. Uh, Anne-Marie, you described the disease lupus on your website as a, a cruel mystery. And I have a friend who lives with lupus. I've known about this disease for about 15 years. And I would agree with that description perfectly. What's cruel about it is that we still don't know a whole lot about it. Uh, there's not a whole lot of funding because it is not a subject that we talk about very much. I'm guessing that most of our audience may have heard the word, but if you actually sat them down and asked them, what do you think it is, they would have, had a, hard, they would have a hard time describing this disease. So let's start with that. What is lupus? Yeah, lupus is an autoimmune disease that essentially attacks the body from the inside out. So your immune system doesn't believe that the joints, the kidneys, the lungs, the nervous system belong. And so it attacks itself. It does. So we call our incredibly brave individuals with lupus, we call them lupus warriors because the battle is real. And I hope your friend is doing well these days. She's doing okay. She was misdiagnosed a few times with other conditions. Uh, this is another common Obviously, autoimmune diseases cause your body to malfunction, and that opens the doors to all kinds of ailment. And so uh, similar, I, well, I don't, I don't want to go too far, but I feel like there is a similarity to how HIV affects the body. It opens the door for other diseases. I'm not comparing them. The conditions are different. But Very we do we yeah. do know more about HIV, and we understand more how this one disease, which affects your body, opens the door for you to get very sick on something sure. else. And you know, it's interesting when you mention HIV because we we're very very fortunate in today's world that we have very effective treatments yes. for HIV. The death rate has gone down tremendously. Currently, in the U.S. alone, there's 1.5 million people living with lupus. In the last 40 years, there were two medicines 
In the last four years, they gained additional two medicines. So there are less than 10 medicines on the market that a doctor can prescribe, and that's when the doctor pers- uh, identifies the disease because Correct. diagnosing lupus it's, is a nightmare for doctors. It's a, I, I would say it's a nightmare for the warrior. The doctor, we request that they listen. So a lupus warrior may present with symptoms that are actually rather classic and identifiable. D- d- excuse me, identifiable. Although each person is going to present somewhat differently, there are markers that are the same. For example, the butterfly rash that will present itself across the nose and the cheeks. Now, on a person with light skin, that's going to be very easily easy to identify. On a person of color, especially a darker skin tone, that's a really difficult thing to be able to identify. So we look for additional markers. We may have the calcium or the sores inside the mouth. We may have terrible joint pain, severe migraines. We may have extreme fatigue. If you have those symptoms combined, as the individual who is suffering, we have to ask our doctor, test me for lupus. How do you do that? There are and I'm not a medical doctor, so please consult. There are some ANA panels, I believe there are four, that you can request. Basically, it's blood work. So you you go get a blood test with a prescription? It's an extensive blood test, but it's a blood test that you want to have checked out. You can also have a more severe circumstance. So if we back up just a little bit, your friend went through a very difficult time gaining a diagnosis and having wrong diagnosis. So had your friend known, hey, I need to ask if this is lupus, she may have gotten there a little bit faster. On average, seven years to diagnosis, unless you're a person of color. If you're a person of color, 15. Is it because uh, so many of the symptoms of lupus show on skin and are therefore more difficult to identify on a you know, I think I think for the skin rash, the butterfly rash, that that's may only be, one. But of that's the, only yeah. one. So, we have some lupus warriors that are amazing and outstanding, uh, just amazing, outstanding individuals. One woman who the Houston Chronicle wrote about recently, her name is Cheryl. Um, I won't talk about her specific symptoms. That's her. That's her. Obviously, her business. The impact on her life is not just because it attacked her skin. It attacked her lungs. It's gone after her kidneys. So we have these multiple of symptoms. So I would ask a bigger question, and this is where we as our chapter want to not only help educate our community, we want to help educate our medical community on the empathy and listening skills. Because if I am a person of color and I happen to be a big person, and I'm complaining of severe fatigue, severe joint pain, and migraines. What do you think the doctor will recommend? Exercise, diet. It sounds like your problem with weight has... It sounds like you need to lose has, some weight. Yeah, it you sounds like be, maybe you have arthritis. Yes, or prediabetes, and we're having these other symptoms. This is actually a real person that I have spoken to, and she fussed for over a year until her lupus caused a blood clot, which caused a stroke, which caused a coma. Now, she's doing well today, and yet... That's fantastic. If she had not been pushing 
to get answers and only getting time after time. You need to lose some weight. You need to yeah. exercise. Let's talk about your nutrition. All those things are always true for all of us. But to have a migraine for six straight weeks? Well, but people who suffer from migraines who don't have lupus may come in with the exact same symptom. They That's I th- they Going might. back to that description of a cruel disease, this thing is masquerading as all yes. kinds of other things, yes. which are very common. Yes. And on top of that, it seems to affect people who look like they may be suffering from uh, one of those symptoms, like arthritis. And maybe they are, because that's another thing, is that it could be the two things at the same time. It can be multiple things. They can also look fine on the outside. Yeah. And now if I go to a doctor and I'm complaining of severe pain, uh-oh, now you're drug-seeking. Also, how many? It, it, doesn't it affect mostly women? It does primarily impact women. Men are absolutely impacted by lupus, and unfortunately, when they get it, they tend to get it hard. Really? So we're more susceptible to it if we get it? To the damage from it. Okay. Out of the 1.5 in the U.S. living with lupus, 63% are black or brown. So it's an overwhelming majority. It's not just a little bit more. It seems to affect that section of our population, and we want to talk about the possibility of people who are sick with lupus uh, going through clinical trials to help us get along and what a complicated subject that is. You are listening to Houston PA, Houston's public affairs show. My name is Laurent. My guest is Anne-Marie Blacketer. She is the CEO of the Lupus Foundation of America, Texas Gulf Coast chapter. They're online at lupus.org, lupus.org, front slash Texas Gulf Coast. They have a myriad of connections for you to be to make on the website. Uh, You're essentially acting as a first step for support. In other words, if you have been diagnosed with lupus or maybe you have symptoms that we you've heard described. And once again, and Marie is really good about this. She wants everybody to know we're not giving medical advice. We don't do that on this show. I think it's always very clear. But if you're listening to us and you're hearing symptoms that you have experienced, mm-hmm. I hope that it does compel you to go see a, a physician and tell them, hey, listen, all these symptoms that we've been talking about about all these years, I heard a show, it could be lupus if the symptoms check out. And then the way to check that is to get a, a blood test. But the problem is how complicated it is, and at every step there's there's some of that friction that keeps us humans from doing that. Nobody wants to get a needle stuck in their arm no matter how painless it actually is. There's something about it, right? There, there's something about it, yeah. and, and yet you, you come to a point, and I think the reason why we get to a finally get to a diagnosis is because either A, our joint pain is so severe we end up at a rheumatologist, and the rheumatologist is so familiar with it where our PCP is not. And the rheumatologist will say, well, let's do the panels and let's kind of see. Or, unfortunately, in the case of our black and brown brothers and sisters, it's because they're in kidney failure. And so they get the urine test, throwing protein, turns out they have what's called lupus nephritis. So their lupus has gone undiagnosed and untreated for so long that their kidneys are now beginning to fail Now we're talking about dialysis and eventually having a kidney transplant. So we're behind the eight ball from the get-go. This is where the work of the chapter begins. We are 100% funded by donations. No one who is part of our programs pays a single cent 
for anything that we do for them. But you're not getting any of our tax dollars bouncing back to this organization. In other words, the awareness of this disease is so minuscule, if to be honest, that the government isn't making much of an effort to try to find organizations like yours and help to fund them. Is that right? But there is a tiny glimmer of hope, tiny, um, that the CDC is doing some studies, particularly within our black and brown community. And it has to, it's kind of based on more of a needs assessment and trying to understand, are we getting to the right people in the communities? Yeah. One of the challenges we have in Houston, we have a phenomenal medical center. We are so incredibly lucky and blessed to have these resources here. However, if you live in Acres Homes, how are you going to get there? If you live in Greens Point or A-Leaf or in the Fifth Ward or out in Richmond, Rosenberg, how are you going to get there? Our transportation system, while Metro is really working hard, it's challenging, especially when you get outside the Beltway where Metro doesn't go. So what we want to do as our chapters, we want to push this education into the community itself, and we're bringing the doctors with us. That's where we can have the impact directly on the community that needs the information the most, particularly bringing in doctors of color to talk to their communities, particularly bringing in subject matter experts in those clinical trials and opportunities for folks to get engaged and understand the impact of lupus in their community. And there's a particularly there's a particular challenge in convincing uh, the black community to get involved in uh, clinical trials because of the past uh, of how they were treated. Uh, the Tuskegee experiment is yeah. probably the most famous, but it's not the only one. But I, as a French person, I have to admit this is a bit of a blindside. This is a story that I'll learn later in my American life. I don't I do not realize the effect that it has on the African-American community. And you mentioned, you described a little bit this effect yeah. before we started recording. And I think it would be worth sharing that. Um, these are tight-knit families. Sure. And the influence of the grandparents is enormous. And those people have not forgotten the Tuskegee and experiment. No, no one should forget well, what, of course what not. we did. I of mean, from time again in history, we're kind of we're jerks. Oh, know, humanity, <laughs> oh my gosh, so, 50,000 years of horror. We have these moments. Evolution. So we, you know, the, the Tuskegee experiments, um, and if you have a chance to get out to that um, location in Alabama, it's quite compelling. Um, you know, really just taking advantage yeah. of a population that was trying to do what was right for their country and for their community. So when you go out on faith and in return are left to fall, that is something that is not easily forgotten. Unfortunately, so many of those men perished in those experiments. And as we know, in families in particular cultures, in African-American cultures, in the Hispanic culture and in the Asian culture. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're often intergenerational families. So, you know, we may have 
grandma and mom and and grandchildren all living in the same either compound or home yeah, or that's how my family community lives. district <laughs> and, and so yeah. the stories the anecdotal stories are compelling i had a grandmother that and i miss her terribly and if you complained I yes. think the phrase was "suck it up, Buttercup." Yes. I mean, living history. You yes, like, you do. Your and when, context is unacceptable, young man. When Grandma says, "Take out the trash," yeah, the answer is yes, ma'am. Yes, right. Now, it doesn't <laughs> right. matter. There was no trash in the bag. Grandma said to take it out, and so out it goes. I mean, you have this understanding, and to break from that is deeper than I disagree with my grandmother. I could disagree with my grandmother all day long, but never to her face. There is a a family history that goes into play. That's part of that. The Henrietta Lacks stories, and for anyone who hasn't heard of Henrietta Lacks, any t- basically any kind of cancer treatment, vaccine, you, thank you, Henrietta. Um, go out and find the story. It's an amazing thing. A woman of color, and when she died, her cells were donated. She was never acknowledged, and her cells are basically the cells that start every experiment, research, trial. Oh, really? They're, yeah. I mean, she's the foundation. She's of the bomb research. diggity when it comes yeah. to <laughs> this thing. But it was kept a secret. They didn't want people. They didn't want white people to find out that the medicines were made based upon black DNA, perhaps. I, didn't I can say imagine. It. Yep, I did. So, I'm, so, I'm, but I'm, <laughs> I'm inferring from. So, so but again, so you humanity. Know, if when you have this history and now you want to say, trust me. Yeah. So, you know, we all have a history. We all carry things with us. And over time, we learn more. And when we learn more, we do more. When we learn to be better, we do better. These clinical trials that are out here, there are four lupus clinical trials in Houston right now. What we know is different medicines impact different people in different ways. If the only people in the trial are people who are Caucasian, then they're going to get the benefit of the knowledge from the trial. So we have to ask ourselves, do I want more drugs for lupus? If we could only get it to a place where the awareness of this disease increases to the point where we are with breast cancer, which in the beginning of the 80s was extremely deadly, there just wasn't a whole lot of information. Women certainly weren't self-checking their breasts for lumps in the shower. We have completely changed the landscape of knowledge and acceptance of this disease, and it is rarely a death sentence these days. Right. My mother is a breast cancer survivor, and it's because of all the checking and, and the amazing technology, although the radiation this technology has some serious side effects, unfortunately. Right. And and to come back to lupus, the, the, the few treatments that I have heard of have colossal, awful side effects. Correct. Um, uh, they are prescribed uh, anti-inflammatories, uh, cortisones, and it, just all kinds of... Chemotherapy. And all of these things, which essentially... Uh, are a sacrifice in order to cure one part of your body they have a t- tendency to destroy or damage another yeah and it's important to note there actually is no cure for lupus at all that's right it and is there's very little research and there's very, very little, little drugs correct. there's very little treatment available because nobody we, we don't talk about it enough and so therefore overcoming 
this this barrier, this wall of misinformation and fear is crucial. And uh, y'all are going to be doing that this week, actually, on Wednesday, May 11th. You're having an in-person lupus health education. It's a symposium where you're going to have uh, physicians and nurses and people who are sick with lupus come together and, and discuss these things. Yep. And the idea is, again, is to, to spread the idea, is to, in large part to expose doctors to these symptoms so that they can learn the combination. It's like yes. from now on, if I get a headache, arthritis-type symptoms, uh, and, and maybe some skin rashes, we automatically get the blood test. Yeah, it'd be determine. great if it was an automatic red flag to so, get the automatic test. Shorten now, that, di- that time to diagnosis shorten the time to start treatment, and lengthen the lives of our lupus warriors. The problem is that you've described the test as extensive. The blood test is extensive, which I guess means it's also very expensive, which means that it doesn't just get prescribed. It's it's not part of a physical, for instance. It's not part of a physical. There's no reason it cannot be. So, Except the increase in cost, right? it's It's a blood test. You're running an ANA panel. I mean, yeah, but, you know, the, the lab is just going to charge you another thousand bucks. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm concerned that that is part of the barrier. The, the doctor isn't going to want to prescribe an expensive test to a patient who may not need it. The doctor may not want to ex- request an expensive test to a patient he presumes cannot afford it. So there's a difference. And that's... There's the difference. And so what we are working to teach not only our lupus warriors and the general community at large... Self advocate. You did you know you could fire your doctor? Sure, it's you, brilliant. It is one of the most <laughs> re- second opinions. That's it's, what it is. It's a brilliant. You know when you're. You know I I've had the same spinal surgeon now for I don't know fifteen or sixteen years. You know shout out to Doctor Cush does a great job. I fired six before I found him because I knew what I was going through and I knew what I wanted to be able to do despite what I was going through. Our ability to self-advocate is something that is a new concept, especially in our at-risk communities. If we go to the doctor and we tend to think the doctor is, well, the doctor said I have to do this, that's great and wonderful. And then go ask another doctor, not your friend down the street, not your grandma when you get home in the kitchen. If you don't agree with what you've heard, if you don't feel satisfied that that's the drug you want to do, or if you want to try something else before a drug, find another doctor to talk to. If you need doctors and you think that you have symptoms of lupus, you can reach out to us. We will refer you to doctors that will listen. Lupus.org. Correct. A a great, just if you're concerned that maybe this is something that affects you or someone you know, if you go to lupus.org, you'll get a smothers board of, of information that'll help you uh, maybe, you know, cancel it out. That's not it. Or if, right. or, or if you're still unsure and you're like, man, that, that looks an awful lot like the list of suffering that I'm dealing with, then go see a doctor and say, could you actually, if it's a blood test, anybody can just go see a physician and say, I want a blood test to find out if I have lupus. And Considering doctors will give you any other drug you might ask for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, talk to your doctor. That, but the problem is that we're, we're back on this information uh, desert. This is not a subject we have talked about. The success of breast cancer is one of information. Mm-hmm. We, we taught 
people, including men, to be aware of the importance of testing for breast cancer, how common it is, and testicular cancer, prostate cancer, have followed those models and become diseases that don't kill nearly as many people. But we're not at that point with lupus yet. So if you want to participate in this symposium, it's next Wednesday, May 11th, and you can go to lupus.org front slash Texas Gulf Coast for more information. Uh, but it would be a way for you to instantly connect to a support group. And my experience dealing with nonprofits for over 20 years is that once you plug yourself into one of these support groups, your life changes for the best. You make lifelong friends. You often find the emotional help that you probably couldn't get in your life if you're out there looking for it there. And uh, it, it can be a little difficult. You kind of Sometimes you have to get over a lot of uh, personal uh, angst and maybe some shyness to, to make that connection, but it can be a life-changing uh, effort, a, a life-changing action. You are listening to Houston PA, Houston's public affairs show. My name is Laurent. My guest is Anne-Marie Blacketer. She is the CEO of the Lupus Foundation of America, Texas Gulf Coast chapter. Uh, lupus.org front slash Texas Gulf Coast to follow along. Um, we, we, had, we just had a pandemic, which means that a bunch of people uh, went undiagnosed with a bunch of, uh, oh, yeah. oh it's, it's just a mess. We just went through a pandemic. In a lot of places, you were so completely locked down that it was actually difficult to go out of the house. People were afraid of going out of the house. And one of the subjects that you bring up on your website is that uh, people should stay active yeah. while they're suffering from lupus, which yeah. is a challenge because obviously if you have joint pain, it hurts the last like crazy. Thing, yeah, the last thing, but it's, this resembles the discussions I've had about arthritis. Uh, the Arthritis Foundation will tell you Get 10 minutes of walk at least, 10, 20 minutes a day. Every day. First of all, yeah. uh, as a preventative measure uh, to keep those joints moving, but also as a painful remedy. In other yeah. words, is that the truth, too, with lupus? Yeah, body in motion stays in motion. It's, it's, it's true in the lupus community as well. The more that you allow a sedentary lifestyle to become your norm, the harder it is to get moving again because you'll continue to have more swelling. You'll continue to have more um, discomfort, making it harder to get up and get going again. So we recommend um, participation in low-impact exercise. One of our events for May, which is Lupus Awareness Month, we are doing a Hatha yoga class at our office space downtown at 405 Main. Um, and we're having Hatha yoga. And then when we're done with that, after an hour, we're going to go celebrate and go down to Angel Share, um, which is a charity bar here in town. And we're going to celebrate and and basically bond and get to know one another and help support our lupus community and maybe have a cocktail or two. That's fantastic. It brings up a subject I remember from my friend who suffers from lupus. She cannot drink wine without exacerbating her symptoms mm -hmm. or even triggering mm -hmm. a bad. So is that also true of all the patients? It's different. Not, it's different for everyone. I One that's real, that is very common is sun. Oh, of course. The, yeah. Yes. Sun, yeah. Is, sun is a booger. Um, so, or a sticky widget. Sun is a sticky widget. <laughs> the, the challenge of being outdoors yeah. when you know you, ha you need vitamin D, you need to be out and be active, but you can't go outside when it's too sunny or too warm because it can actually cause a lupus flare. A lupus flare can put you in bed for three days a week, however long they last. 
So protection from the sun, long-sleeved clothing, lots of good sunscreen, big floppy hats. You know, we're going to get some fashionable ones in for our warriors this summer. Uh, but we have to take those steps to protect ourselves because we still need to be out and be active. And let's face it, when we talk about lupus warriors, we're not sitting at home crying in our our Wheaties because we have lupus. We're stepping back and saying, I can still do things. I may have to modify. I may have to make adjustments here and there, but lupus doesn't own me. We're going to go out and we're going to get these things done anyway. And that's what this chapter is here to support not only to make sure that our warriors have the tools that they need, but that we continue to advocate and ensure that we're getting the research, that we're getting the opportunities yeah. to help combat this very cruel disease. It's a great place to end. We have That's the message we really have to repeat. There is not enough research, there's not enough awareness, and it's really up to the community to make that happen. That's what happened with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. The people like you who at the time were advocating for more information were few and far between. But the message got out, and people like me started talking about it. And I'm not talking about media. I'm talking about just laymen. People say, hey, right. uh, have, uh, did you read that article about breast cancer? Have, have you checked? Uh, and it's the same thing with prostate and, and, and testicular cancers. These, these diseases that can be tested for and with early detection can uh, be beaten to death. And we, there's really no reason the history of humanity teaches us that we'll eventually find a cure for lupus. I think it's inevitable. Or at least we'll get to the point where, again, to make an analogy to HIV, not to compare the diseases, but to compare the trajectory of knowledge and research. Uh, there is no cure for HIV. But we have technology now that pretty much guarantees that it's not a death sentence. We can get the viral load so low that it's undetectable. And it seems to me, historically speaking, we'll get there with lupus. Either we'll cure it, but we'll find a way to, to bury it so far down into the body under this, this, this glass dome of medicine that the pe people that are affected with it we, aren't suffering anymore. I would love to be out of a job. But, well, I don't know about that. It seems like you're pretty good at it. You'll find another organization to work for, I'm sure. Listen, folks, if you have any questions about this complicated subject, you can send me an email, texanfromfrance at gmail.com. I will reply with access to information that answers your question. I am not a medical doctor. But also, just go to lupus.org front slash Texas Gulf Coast. lupus.org front slash Texas Gulf Coast. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening and caring about the issues that I put on this show. My name is Laurent. I am the Texan from France, and this has been Houston, PA. Houston's public affairs show, Houston Strong. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.